I'm Rupa Subramania. This is Tom Korski. This is Ken Drysdale. This is Dr. Eric Payne. This is Dr. William Mackis. Hi, this is Shadow Davis from the Shadow at Night live stream, and you are listening to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, folks. Happy Friday. Man, first week of 2023, you kind of get a feel for how this year is going to go. We've been uh, hard at it all over the place. Um, five episodes. Here's the fifth one uh, to start out the new year. And uh, excited. I, I got no complaints on this side. I hope you don't either. I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, a couple of things here before we get into it. Uh, Quick Dick, Vance Crow, Stephen Barber in town January 22nd at the Gold Horse Casino in Lloydminster. There's only 14 days left. I feel like, you know, I feel like I'm asking a lot of anyone right now to decide in 14 days or less that they're coming to uh, a show. But uh, that is the ask. I, I Like, if you're interested or you're like, you know, man, you know, I think in we're, uh, please click on the link, take a look, uh, purchase some tickets, get in there. Let's, let's uh, enjoy an evening. Come uh, meet these guys, Vance Crow, all the way in from St. Louis. And uh, somehow QDM, you know, he, he was in town not that long ago. And I'm like, oh, you know, and it's funny. And it just so happens that he's in the area and can do this show. And uh, Stephen Barber said yes. So I think it's going to be a fun night. They got a little, they're teasing each other because they say that they're going to, you know, they, they want to have a little challenge that people in the audience are going to disagree with them the most. Which one? And I, I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't know who my money's going on. Maybe I shouldn't say that aloud. Either way, I'm excited to see what comes of it because uh, they're going to get, uh, it's going to be like back in March. They're going to get an opportunity to have a, uh, uh, part of the stage for themselves for 12-minute chunks, and then, of course, a live roundtable. It's a full meal deal. You get supper. Uh, there will be a bar there, everything, and, and we'll create a little live uh, live roundtable at the end of it. Spit it out, Sean. Um, so, yeah, it, the, the link for it is in the show notes. Would love to see you there. Um, the next one is this Intentional Living with Meg. Uh, there's a... There's a uh, website in the show notes as well, Intentional Living with Meg. It's a group of women got together and are putting on uh, um, a workshop day in Sylvan Lake, February 4th. And they got some men going, so they reached out to me, asked if I'd come and, and talk. And, and some former guests that are going to be there that have been on the podcast is Sarah Swain and Carla Treadway. And they've uh, they've got a, a workshop going on all day long, uh, you know, homeopathic medicine to uh, media. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I can't. This is where I wish I had, could edit. Anyways, you get the point. Here's Sean screwing up. Media um, training something. I can't remember now, and this is terrible. Either way, they brought me, uh, they asked if I'd come in because they got they got a, more and more men signing up, and uh, we got talking about this this men's group idea, which, you know, today's episode with Sean, you're going to hear all about my thought, thought process and maybe a bit of theirs out in Manitoba. Anyways, we're going to be out there talking about that. We're going to be talking about uh, the shift uh, from, you know, working to full-time podcasting, and uh, if you're interested at all, Promo code SMP50 gets you $50 off your entry. A little kickback to this guy. So you're supporting me. You're uh, getting some, uh, um, well, I, you're getting some very useful information out of this group uh, in Sylvan Lake. So that'll be cool. February 4th, that came out of nowhere. Looking forward to that. And I'm actively searching for businesses to advertise on episodes. It is the start of the year. This is my, uh, December is the big push on on all returning businesses. And now it's, if there's uh, somebody out there that, uh, you know, you like what I do and you uh, think uh, your business could benefit or you want to support the podcast, whatever, um, the phone number is in the episode show notes. 
you all know that by now. Shoot me a text. Would love to sit down and have a coffee and, and see how we can, uh, you know, grow together, that type of thing. So anyways, here's a business that is coming back. Rectech Power Products uh, just signed on for another year. Excited about it. They've been committed to uh, not only the podcast, but uh, power sports uh, in general. And uh, they offer a full lineup, including Can-Am, Ski-Doo, Sea-Doo, Spider-Mercury, See, you know, the old tongue, huh? Evan Rood, Mahindra Rockstar. And uh, I've been talking with Ryan, the, I believe the general manager there. Jeez, you know, I, I should uh, find out your title, Ryan. Either way, we're going to sit down. We're hoping to create some different things on their ad spot. So stay tuned for that. I'm excited. Any time a business is like, can we uh, like shake it up all the time? And I'm like, yes, please. Other than Sean screwing up, that's going to make uh, hopefully all of you stick around and and listen to these things because uh, I, I know how everybody is. Sometimes you, you want to listen to Sean screw up. Sometimes you just want to fast forward to the interview. I get it. And uh, it's on me to try and make it as, uh, well, entertaining if you can get this side of it being entertaining. I don't know. Anyways, I got a parts department open uh, Monday through Saturday to help you out with any odds or ends. They got a, you know, a full a full uh, lineup of different ATVs and, you know, the list goes on. Just go to rectechpowerproducts.com. HSI Group, they are the local oil field burners and combustion experts that can help make sure you have a compliant system working for you. The team also offers security, surveillance, and automation products for residential, commercial, livestock, and agricultural applications. They use technology to give you peace of mind so you can focus on the things that truly matter. Just stop in a day uh, or give Brody or Kim a call at 306-825-6310. Almost couldn't spit that one out. Gartner Management, Lloyd Mr. Base Company, specialize in all types of rental properties to help meet your needs. And uh, uh, if you're looking for, uh, you know, I, I keep saying, because there's a whole bunch of small um, businesses that uh, start out from their house and then, you know, slowly work on. You know, I was no different. The first studio was in uh, the basement of an old house, uh, you know, so I, I get it. If you're looking for a uh, um, you know, something you can afford, one, and then to have a landlord that's like fantastic. Wade's been been a gem to, to you know, house under. So give him a call, 780-808-5025. Now let's get on to that tail of the tape brought to you by Hancock Petroleum. For the past 80 years, they've been an industry leader in bulk fuels, lubricants, methanol, and chemicals delivering to your farm, commercial or oil field locations. For more information, visit them at hancockpetroleum.ca. <laughs> He's a self-sabotage and behavior coach. You might know him as the Viking. I'm talking about Sean Zimmer. So buckle up. Here we go. Hi, this is Sean Zimmer, listening to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Sean Zimmer. How are you doing today, sir? And thanks for hopping on. Hey, thanks for having me, Sean. Today is the best day of my life, brother. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty damn good. You know, it's funny. I, I, uh, the last two guests I've, I've sat down. I shouldn't say that. I had, a, I had one politician, I guess, in the middle of it. But I sat down with uh, Joshua Bigger, and then, and now you, and both of you guys are like big burly men. And I'm like, this is, this is an interesting way to start off 2023. Um, I'm sure uh, the, the listener has seen both of your. Uh, your your pictures, your memes, your your videos everywhere because I've been sent not only you but of course uh, Joshua Bigger as well. Like all the time, I get I get sent stuff to have you guys on all the time. It's, you guys have quite the following, and and that's a public for what uh, uh, hats off, I guess, is what I'm trying to spit out to to what you do. 
Hey, right on. Well, I'm happy to be here. Happy to help wherever I can as well. That's what I'm here to do. And I, I know you are as well. So anything we can dive into that can give some value to your listeners, I'm all for it. Cool. Well, I, I want to do first things first then. I, I want you to, you know, uh, a little bit of your background, Sean, just for, for uh, you know, certainly there's going to be a ton of people who know exactly who you are, but there's going to be some people, you know, all across Canada, some into the States, uh, you know, um, that probably have never heard of you before. So uh, I don't know how far you want to go back. I know you got uh, an interesting past. You've gone and d- dug into a lot of different things, but wherever you want to take it and we'll, we'll dive in from there. Mm. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a pretty big question. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, we'll dive right into it. Um, well, for for one, um, you know, I am a father. Uh, I'm a man who stands uh, for our rights and freedoms, and um, I am an individual who puts himself out there, stands out front, and does what's necessary to help everywhere I can. Not just myself coming into my full potential, but everybody else, and especially standing in their own sovereignty. And, um, you know, there's been a big transition over the last few years, um, over the last few decades, you know, as many of you listening have gone through your own. I first, uh, you know, if we want to look at career wise, I first started out as a, uh, um, a personal trainer, uh, focusing on exercise, nutrition, um, you know, around the age of 18, right around then as well, I started a landscape construction company. Um, so self-employed on both fronts and, Pushed through with that for about a decade and along the way, when I was focusing on helping people, I I had a real big passion for that. And I noticed something off with how many people really self-sabotage themselves, no matter how much they wanted to raise up and no matter how tailored a plan I created for them, how fun it was, how individualized they, so many of them still fell into self-sabotaging behaviors. Uh, maybe they raised up in their fitness uh, area um, and, you know, stepped up with the nutrition, but then started um, diving down into drugs or maybe porn addiction or, you know, their, their relationship went aside, um, their work ethic, whatever it was. And that's what led me down the path, um, seeing that through, you know, the hundreds of, of clients that I worked through to start really start studying psychology, um, how the mind works um, and why we behave the way we behave. And that has uh, been a long and interesting, exciting journey, getting me where I am today. Um, you know, they're skipping a lot in between there, but the short story on it, uh, the last few years, seeing what we've seen in the world with the government overreach uh, has really added on top of that. Um, you know, I'm a man of God and I really do my best to stay in tune with the messages that are coming to me and the direction being given for me to serve. And what we've seen the last few years is, has really brought into my self-sabotage coaching and behavioral coaching and helping people, um, understand why they're acting the way they are, because a lot of the behaviors aren't theirs. Um, the ones that are, are coming from childhood wounds typically you know a masculine wound or feminine wound a lot of the behaviors um, brainwashed from the tv they're watching and the environment around them and what we've seen in the last couple of years has really helped me uh, stand out front be an individual that you know got um, some recognition for being a man to stand out against what was going on and now incorporating that connecting that with my self-sabotage coaching and helping wake up the world and helping people um you know learn how to rewire their minds and how to get away from the brainwashing so that's you know where i'm at today uh the last few years i put off all my coaching when we had the pandemic come to uh start community and when they said they couldn't uh, we couldn't have more than one person over at our home or or our yard that's when i said okay enough's enough 
I need to do something. I was wanting to do something the entire time. I wish I had a storefront to show people they could open. So when they did that, I was like, perfect. I used to teach boot camps. You know, I've been out of the fitness space for some time. I was really focusing on more, you know, I call it self-sabotage coaching and behavioral coaching. You could call it life coaching if you want. I'm a little bit more really down in the nitty gritty though on what's going on. So I said, all right, let's put that off to the side. I'm going to open up boot camps in my yard. I got a nice big yard right on one of the busiest streets in Winnipeg, Manitoba. And uh, that spiraled into, you know, quite a, quite a movement here in Winnipeg, um, helping people find a place of sanity to come together when, you know, everybody was telling them to, you know, lock themselves inside their homes and, and stop working and, you know, stay away from everybody and let their grandparents die alone. And, you know, the list goes on and on on that. Everybody knows that, you know, whatever your views are. I felt it was very important um, for, you know, the mental health of people um, and, uh, you know, our, our own sovereignty and where things are going, especially for our children, that we take a stand and we show, hey, no, that's that's wrong. We can come together and we can trust our immune systems that we can build up, uh, you know, on, on health and focus on what we know will help us be healthier and come together and do that together. So that's, uh, you know, that's it in a nutshell, kind of bouncing all over there, my man. But, uh, you know, you can no, ask pre- questions there, but I should give the listeners a little bit of detail. I, I appreciate it because... Uh... Um, you know, the first time I think you ever came across my, I don't know if it was, it's interesting because I have, I have the listeners, if they like what I'm doing, hate what I'm doing, uh, they can text me anytime. Right. So, and also one of the, the best things that has ever come out of it has been guest suggestions, right? Who do you want on the podcast? You just let me know. I just keep a running, uh, Rolodex from everywhere from, you know, Connor McDavid and, and Wayne Gretzky, cause I, I, I love sports. And certainly uh, uh, haven't done that a whole lot in the last two years. But, uh, you know, from those names all the way through to Sean Zimmer, and I don't mean to put you on a lower uh, uh, playing field at all, just that it doesn't matter the name, I, I put it on. And, I, and then when you start to see a re, you know, recurring name come across, if I don't know it, then you get, you're going to go, oh, who, who is this? Let's go search it out. And uh, I remember probably one of the first videos I ever watched of you was when you were doing the boot camps and when you built the gardens in the back of your your, your uh, yard. And I was like, oh, this guy reminds me, you remind me of a guy from our area, to be completely frank. Like, it's it's very, very similar. And if you ever get out this way, I'll, I'll introduce you to Tanner someday because you guys speak the same. He had a, like, it's just like, it's almost eerie, um, but really cool at the same time, right? Uh, you know, you, you've said... Um, there was a there was a lot there, and I want to focus on today. And I I assume I'm going to jump about six different times on you, but one of the things that I just made me reach out is it. It took me a long time. I probably, anyways, it doesn't matter. I'm going to jump all over myself on this side. But I we started up in in December. I've been working on like I've been thinking about the problem of of communities for a while. You know, like how do you how do you create a strong community? It's it's something that has really plagued my mind, if you would. Uh, I've you know, and I've tried at it doing like community fundraisers. I think they're great. I, I have nothing against them. Um, and 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 then you work through that, but money never seems to solve a problem, right? It's it's a big giant bandit. Everybody feels good. Everybody gets this warm feeling. It's not a bad thing, but it doesn't get to the root of the problem. And then here at the start of December. Right around the time, I think, Sean, you started your men's group, I think, we started something similar. Now, it's not identical to what you're doing. I've been kind of following along, and I'm like, man, i got to talk to this guy about the men's group idea, where it came from, what your thoughts are behind on it, and if there's similarities or if we're, you know, if you're trying to do something completely different. Because I'm like, I'm really curious about it because uh, since we started this out here, 
which is just a, a um, we're not doing the ice ice bass or anything like that. Although I think it's super cool, and I'm like, I kind of want to drive to Winnipeg just to come for one Monday. Um, <laughs> but we've been really working on uh, um, the issues that are plaguing us week by week, and talking about it, having open discussion, disagreeing on things, and and really trying to. Uh, you know, iron sharpens iron, so to speak, really trying to challenge what's inside our brain to get it out so we can articulate it so we can better, like, explain why we don't like X. And that goes all over the place. But I'm curious what you're doing because I'm following along and I'm like, this is this is really interesting. And I find it very interesting that it's happening at the same time that I've been, I've been thinking about this for, you know, probably two years, probably longer than that. And I find it interesting that we both at a similar time, have a similar idea. And I guess I, I just want to pick your brain on it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's awesome you're doing something like that. We need it. Uh, men need a place of safety, places to come together and uh, model off, um, you know, healthy role models and, and showing that it's it's not only okay, um, normal, but something that is, you know, necessary to really be a well-balanced, grounded man to learn how to share your emotions and learn how to express yourself um, what got us there, you know, you mentioned the garden, um, for the listeners there, when I started those free fitness classes, um, that's what I did when the, you know, when everything rolled in, they said, you couldn't have more than one person over. I said, okay, well, jumped on my Instagram and said, Hey, I'm doing four free boot camp fitness classes here every week, no matter what, no charge, doesn't matter what they say, who comes here, you come here and you're welcome. And this will be a place of safety. And that spiraled into quite a bit. You know, it grew really quickly. Um, word got out. Uh, word got out to the police very quickly. They were there. Um, and I and I, I I look at this property as all divine um, intervention. If you you know, for lack of better words, um, the 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 neighboring property is a parking lot to a hotel um, that is higher in grade. So the police can actually perfectly walk up to my fence, look, peer down into the yard, and see what we're doing. And, and say, hey, you got to shut this down. And I showed everybody, no, um, you don't. And told them, you know, to F off. And, uh, you know, you're going to hand me tickets. Go ahead, hand me tickets. I'm just going to wipe my ass with them. And uh, that that grew. You know, we we really added on to that. We started doing, I think the first thing we added was a weekly bike ride. As some people were very intimidated by the boot camp, me barking at people and whatnot. So we wanted to, you know, encompass everybody we could. So we started doing a weekly bike ride. And even for that, you know, we were chased down because you weren't allowed to be, you know, um, so close to a, a certain amount of people. Um, then we started out riding bikes, out riding bicycles. Yeah. <laughs> like, think about uh, that. I, I mean, like, it's such, as you talk about it, Sean, I'm just like, it, it's, it's, it's just like so not laughable because, I mean, people had to live through this, but truly insane where we got to mm, indeed indeed and, that, and that's where it you know we quickly went to doing a weekly uh, junior patriots boot camp i called it for the kids um that's one of the biggest targets as we know especially seeing now as things are coming out and the agenda keep you know the narrative uh, continue to unfold and agenda being pushed so did the weekly um junior patriots boot camp then we you know and then i saw other leaders come in um, other strong masculine roles and, and and strong feminine roles as well where i was like okay let's let's put you up and, you know, a lot of people get it misconceived because it got a lot of attention. And and a lot of people started thinking I was doing it for the attention. And I always say, you know, you see me speech uh, up, at, up at a speech, I'm saying, hated or praised, I'm here doing what I know I need to do. And it's not always going to be the right thing. I'm going to make wrong moves. I'm human, right? But I'm going to pivot and I'll take your constructive criticism where I can and pivot on that. 
unfortunately, a lot of that criticism isn't constructive, right? It's a lot of hate, you know, projection inside. People see the the following grow and think I do it for the 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 showmanship, and it's never the case. And and we have these leaders come together. So it's like, all right, you teach Muay Thai. You know, I do Muay Thai, but I'm I'm not that great at it. You're fucking kick ass. Let's do a weekly Muay Thai class. Muay Thai Mondays we put up. Charles Tyson took 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 charge of that. Then my man Martin Trandota came along, great yoga teacher. We started doing a Friday yoga class. Then we started doing the bi-weekly bonfires, freedom fires, we called them, which were a huge bash that definitely was very in your face on what we were doing. Um, pissed off a lot of people. <laughs> so we had, you know, DJs, just loud music blaring, um, a little lack of respect for the neighbors for sure. Um, at the time, I was a bit angry, so I didn't really care. I was trying to make a point. Um, but what I'm getting at is this really brought a lot of people together. And this is leading up to the question you asked me about the men's group. Um, my man, Matt, and his wife, Sarah, um, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll just do a terrible job of pronouncing their last name. So that's all they get on this, <laughs> Matt and Sarah. Um, Sarah came along uh, with some of, the, some of the people that were doing the boot camp. And she's a fitness instructor. And she asked if she could teach some uh, fitness classes, take a few of the boot camps. And I was like, absolutely. You know, and she never said, and I, I never asked her why, if it was just she wanted to help or maybe she wanted to promote her business and get some more clientele to her. Either way, I was happy, right? It's all about just doing what I can to bring people together and, and lift others up. That's what I'm here to do, right? Get people past the low vibrational traps this world has to offer. Get you where you are executing to your fullest potential and being in the present moment and living a life not in fear, but trusting resting in your faith, whatever faith means to you. So Sarah came along, put her in, 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 uh, uh, you know, the teaching position for a few classes and her husband, Matt, I met him at one of the freedom fires and we started getting to know each other a little bit. And he asked me, he's like, Hey, would you ever do a men's group? Um, was that something you put on? You know, I used to do these, um, he's, he's a recovering alcoholic and, um, many other addictions and he's been in men's group before and, and really found value in them and wants, he feels a calling to do something like this to help out. And I told him, yeah, it's on my list, but I got a massive fucking list. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of down there. Um, and I told him, you know, if, if he's like, well, maybe I'll, I'll get something going on. Like, I would be happy to support you if you did hundred percent. You know, fast forward six months down the road, he reached out and uh, he said, hey, I got a, I got the kind of model going for it and uh, I want to start it. And he started at a, he just rented a space at a school and I started helping him do that. And then he shut it down for a little bit and wanted to fire it back up and say, hey, well, let's do it at my home. You know, I got the space downstairs. We can fit all the men down here and, and we got, you know, different activities we could do as well. So we started doing it here. And uh, so Matt is the man who's really put that together. I've just been, you know, a host for the event and, and putting the word out. And that's what started bringing these men together. You know, we have anywhere from 10 to 20, sometimes we've had it, I think up to 25 guys, uh, 25 men, I should say, showing up every Monday we do it other than the odd holiday. And, um, it's been how, a really, how, how, how long you've been doing it for Sean? Uh, geez, I think at the house now it's been probably maybe, maybe three, four months. I couldn't tell you exactly. Okay. My, okay. So it's, it's actually been longer than, uh, than I thought. I, 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 and what have you found then? So, uh, I'm, I'm curious, uh, pros cons of 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 doing it obviously there's a lot of positivity when you bring men together and i i i chuckled to myself because you said um a safe space men need safe space i think that's men need a place of safety correction correction and i'm like you know when when i can i can feel men are like eyes roll and it's kind of like but it's funny any guy that's come to one of our meetings and it's been, we, we haven't had nearly, uh, it's been a, more of a uh, intimate, I hate to use that word, but you know, uh, 
anywhere between four to six guys. And I talked to a guy out of St. Louis that I'm friends with, and they've been doing it for 10 years, and they've always went with the number four. And so there's been four men there. And you roll your eyes until you sit in it and understand what it is. And I tell you what, on our side, it's been, it's been very interesting. You've been doing it now for four months with large groups, which I find interesting. How, what is the pros cons been? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, you're probably right with many individuals right now rolling their eyes when, you know, they hear a place of safety and that's part of the brainwashing. Um, that's part of where I help people understand, you know, you've been brainwashed to think, um, what masculinity is, um, how to live your life. A lot of the behaviors you're acting out aren't your behaviors. They've been planted in your mind. If you understand the subconscious at all, I highly suggest you look into it, you know, um, for those listening that want, you know, a, a place of direction, um, you know, Dr. Bruce Lipton and Dr. Joe Dispenza would be two great sources to kind of get a little bit of intro on how the subconscious works and kind of open your eyes to how it can be programmed because the role models that we've been, you know, following through the movies, through Hollywood. And I know most people, uh, listening to me and I, I'm sure with you as well, know, you know, the corruption of Hollywood and how it's really designed. Like the, the TV, it's a television. It's telling you a vision. It is, it is brainwashing you, programming your mind to think, that, you know, roll your eyes at a place of safety for men to get together. Um, that's absolutely, you know, bullshit, fairy fucking crap, whatever words you want to use on it that, that comes to mind when people are, you know, laughing at it. But that's one of the issues. You know, one of my men, uh, Jake Woodard, said something to me that really resonated. Why do you think men have uh, such high rates of heart attacks? You know, they're so closed off at the heart center. So closed off. They don't know how to share their emotions. They don't know how to open up. They become these stones, right? Which is useful in certain, in certain aspects, but you need to be balanced. You need to be grounded. You need to understand how to release that pain you're holding, how to just talk, how to express yourselves. How many women have we heard a bitch about men who just don't know how to share their emotions, don't know how to truly guide themselves in, in, in the world because they're just so lost in this tornado inside that's built up. So for me, you know, pros and cons, as you asked, is the men's group. It sounds very similar to what you're doing, Sean. We, we get together, you know, every week and we, we do, we start with a weekly check-in. So each individual, um, you know, is supposed to talk for about two minutes. Some guys, you know, go on for five to 10 minutes, but that's okay. We respect every, it's, it's judgment-free, totally confidential. And we do a weekly check-in on, you know, what we've been facing, um, you know, the, the, the challenges we're facing, the wins that we've had, the losses we've had. A lot of it is, you know, guys dealing with addiction issues. Um, not everybody. A lot of guys have overcome their addiction issues and they're here just knowing that this is a benefit to them. Um, you know, for me, I'm often talking about the wins I'm having, but still expressing the challenges that come with that. And the pros with that is seeing the men level up and, and really step into themselves. That's one pro for sure. There's been a couple guys who started at the beginning that were a total fucking mess that were addicted to this, this, and that, and they've been sober since. They've been stepping up in their life. Sure, they still have areas they need to really work on. We all do. We will continue to do so. That's the human experience, the journey here. So seeing that progression has been huge. It's been, without a doubt, you know, being able to to show me that it's so valuable what we're doing. And another another pro for me, personally, it's it's improved my relationship with my daughter. I am one of those individuals, you know, yeah, I come on social media, I go do public speaking, I coach people, I'll do group training and can express myself in that way very easily. But I have had a hard time doing so on an individual, mm. as you said, intimate, um, intimate setting one-on-one -on -one, right in my home. And that's comes from past father wounds of abandonment, not trusting the masculine, different issues that I have from my childhood that I'm always integrating the work on that, the healing on that. So it has allowed me since doing it because it's uncomfortable to start expressing myself in this group to be more emotionally available and my relationship with my daughter is better than ever 
And what's funny, you know, Sean, as I'm saying this, one of the biggest things I always wished when I had my daughter, you know, she's nine years old now, just about 10, was that she would share everything with me, that she would be open with me, have that bond where she felt comfortable sharing everything yeah. with me. And as I say this, it took me fucking years before God finally slapped me and gave me a message. He's like, because I'm like, she wasn't. She was with mom, but not with me at all. And I'm like, why? Why? The one thing I wanted. Why? And then it dawned upon me, well, she's just copying you, motherfucker. You're closed off. You're not emotionally available. You know? So you got to learn how to, you got to lead her. Actually, I got a message from God, you know, as I said, I'm a man from God. And, and I have this, this artwork on my wall, some motivational artwork upstairs. And it's, you know, many have seen the probably meme. It's, it's got the, uh, the guy sitting on the desk with a whip, uh, with the four guys pulling it. Um, and it says, um, boss. And then the one on the bottom, he's not on the desk. He's at the front. He's got his hat on, he's pulling and his leader. And I looked at that as I was getting this download and it said, leader, lead her. And it really helped me, you know, sit back and, 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 and think on that in the present moment on leading her and needing to open myself up. And then through the actions in this men's group, it just happened. It just really helped me open up and get used to expressing myself. And now my daughter's been dancing, singing around me. I've never seen this. It's been the most beautiful thing ever. So that right there is worth is weight and, you know, beyond gold, um, invaluable. Um, couldn't even put a price on it, right? Priceless. And I would say, you know, on the flip side, the cons, what would be the cons? Um, well, one, you know, as I teach on, on self-sabotaging behaviors and help people, you know, reprogram their mind, your environment's a big thing, right? You, you're going to be a product of your environment. You look in the study of epigenetics with Joe Dispenza, as I, I, I referred you to, if you, you know, more of a science-based uh, um, approach that you want to learn from, we're a product of our environment. You know, that old saying, you're an average of the five people you surround yourself with is true. And that goes not just the people, that goes for the content, the, what you're consuming internally and externally, your environment around you, right? You know, if anybody's read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? Right there shows you an example perfectly on that, on how it works with people who grew up in a rich environment will do well with money, even though if they're a fucking idiot with it, they'll still do it because they have that mindset, right? They live up to the standards around them. So one of the cons that I can see with it is, you know, if you're surrounding yourself in the group that is a lot of men that are really suffering, right? And really down in, at, at one of their lowest points that are dealing with the addictions, um, and, and they're, they're unloading that because we are, and it's good that you're taking a chance to unload that, but we don't want to play victim mindset all the time, right? There is a place for it. It's good to express it, but you don't want to get stuck in that mindset. Right. And the guys, a lot of the guys here know that they're coming here to unload it here and they're not dumping on emotionally dumping on anybody else. So I just got to be cautious with that. Right. Like if, if I'm getting surrounded with a group that is not doing the greatest and that's not always the case, but sometimes it is. So I'm cautious about that and making sure to, um, add up on the other side of the scale, you know, tipping the, the scale in my favor. So if I'm, if one of the couple, say four weeks in a row, it's all like doom and gloom. The guys are really having a hard time right now. I'm expressing where I'm at and helping them. Cause we do a, after the weekly check-in, we do an open conversation to try to give feedback, um, yep. without any, you know, derogatory criticism or anything like that. And so I will make a point to really surround myself with people who are winning in life. Right. I, I make sure that I'm okay. Like I really got to, you know, balance it out because you're going to be an average of, of what and who you're surrounding yourself with. Right. So if it's in this men's group, if you're having, you know, you put on a men's group and you got 10 people who are fucking addicted to cocaine and alcohol and sex and porn, and they're really suffering with it, not stepping in up in life at all. And you start surrounding yourself with them. That's great. You're going to have an average of people who are trying to rise up, but they're still 
stuck at that for for now right so that's going to rub off on you that's the only con really i could express on um i think i think that's a uh, first off appreciate you sharing uh, I, like to me um the the relationship with your daughter and the fact that you know i've been searching out different uh people that the you know you, you ask about life and the first thing they bring up is uh their kids or being a father or a husband i'm like oh man you're gonna be one of my people because uh um i I think those values are 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 there. I, I I got tons of men and women that think exactly like that. But I think overall in society, we're starting to uh, uh, promote a lot of things that I just um, you know like um, I didn't realize as a younger man that I, I was so against. And and part of the reason for our side is I I don't know how to express it. I don't know how to like articulate what my brain is thinking. And so then. You can't really give a good argument because you haven't actually talked out, oh, right? You, you kind of get the point. So I really, pre- like, to me, what you said about uh, figuring out with your daughter and your relationship reminds me, you know, one of the reasons I think I survived uh, as well as I did the pandemic was right before, and uh, well, not right before, but in 2018, we started a book club. There was five of us. And uh, we started reading books. The idea, you know, I always say this, it was better husbands, better fathers. That's how it started out. And it just kind of like grew out of that. And, you know, through the through COVID, through pandemic, through whatever you want to call it, through the last three years, I leaned on that group really, really, really hard, right? And uh, they helped kind of prop you up because I got I got asked by listeners, like, how, how can you talk openly and get harassed and blah, 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 blah. And, it's like, oh, well, I actually have a group of, of, of men around me that I, I can lean on. And it, it's been very healthy. And I've, I've thought about that. And I've been like, okay, now how do you recreate that? And I've been wondering, I'm like, I can't, I can't sit in 50 groups of five to help facilitate it. It, does, it doesn't work that way. And you just said something that I think is, is really interesting. It's careful who you surround yourself with. Uh and actually, uh, when I think about that, Sean, I think, careful who the group of five or six is. Not that you can't have one addict in there. That, that's totally fine. Actually, it's probably really good because you want to bring them up. But careful that you don't have five and just one and it pulls them down too. Uh, that's really interesting. You know, one of the things we do on this side that we've been, we, we're, we're exploring, I guess. I'm, I'm toying with it because I've been a part of a... I didn't call it a men's group. I called it a book club and we read books and we, you know, we got together once a month and we, we challenged each other and, and everything else. This one is meeting once a week, which I did not think I would enjoy. I thought would be way too much. And I found that it is a complete opposite. I actually really enjoy it. Um, there's no, uh, we drink coffee, the, you know, like there's no, uh, there's no, um, alcohol or anything involved, which I found really beneficial. But the other thing is, is they, they joke about me as, uh, not in this group, but it, just in general, I, I host events as uh, the time cop. Like I'm really, I really think a set time is perfect. Now you're not wasting anybody's time. And so you go, time is valuable. Here's the allotted time we get. We do the same thing. We do a check-in. Everybody gets a, a positive for their business or uh, working life and one for their personal. So that way you start off on the positive. Everybody kind of get okay, yeah. And then you, it's it's a very structured format. And I can't, Blaine and Joey are the two that, that had this system. But it, it, I forget what it's called, but I can always send that along to you if you're, if you're so inclined. But anyways, uh, it allows us to pick three issues and then start on one. And you don't stop talking about it until you go, is everybody okay with that? Check. And then you move on to the next one. And 
it, it's a voting system. That way, guys in the group get to choose what they want to talk about or what issues are plaguing them that week. And all of a sudden, you get like really in-depth conversation about one thing. And you may only get one thing in the hour and a half or the hour, I guess, by the time you're through. I, I laugh at the, you know, like it's supposed to be two minutes and, and some guys got a little more to get off their chest. It's like, it's fair. And I, I got to be honest, I, my hope in bringing you on, Sean, once upon a time I brought on uh, Mike Kuzmiskis and, and um, listeners will remember him. He was a guy with i Blood Services and he spurred on an idea that I've been using since. It was the whiteboard uh, meetings and that's what SMP Presents has become, bringing different backgrounds to discuss one issue on stage to try and just like bubble up an idea that maybe society or government, certainly, certainly government, hasn't thought about so that we can get solutions for what's going on, you know, on a little bit bigger of a scale. And when I hear, when I started to think about this and then I stumbled onto you, I'm like, man, we got, we got, we got to talk about this because I think there's a ton of men and I, I feel, uh, uh, as I keep saying, man, I feel really weird saying it. I want, I want the listener to understand that because it feels very like foreign to try and bring men together to talk about things that matter. And yet, I've been saying this now for two years, we have to do this. Otherwise, when problems arise, I can't articulate why I'm, I'm, I'm against it. If I can't articulate it, then you can't convince the, the, the crowd of why your, why your reasons make sense. And the, the person that I think made, was the best at doing this for me early on was Jordan Peterson. He started talking, and I was just like, oh, I've been thinking about that. Why couldn't I put that into words? And I still can at times. Right now, I still can. But what does he do? He talks a lot. He talks to really smart people. He reads. He writes a lot. You know, I think he says to be one of the most dangerous men, you have to be able to read, write, no, think, read, and write. And we as a society have gotten into exactly what you're talking about with movies and television, social media, and everything else. It's, uh, you know, it's the program. Like, we're not, like, to sit down and write, like, how much do you write anymore? I'm, you probably write more than I give credit. Uh, I don't mean it that way. Just in general, I guess I'm asking the listener, how much do you actually write anymore? Some of the some of the most beneficial things that I've ever had have come from writing out my thoughts and going, oh, that's a really stupid thought. Or that right there is smart. Why? Holy crap, where did that come from? Anyways, that's that's my my train of thought uh, again this morning. Writing is powerful. It is. You know, I've just actually made a... Uh a pivot on my uh, social media to start writing more. Um, you know, before it was always trying to create content, uh, different pictures or videos. Um, and I've just made a pivot actually to, you know, just use whatever, um, you know, picture I can find on any, you know, app that has a, a, a surplus of, uh, uncopyrighted pictures and, and write and put, you know, put, put writing over top and really share those words with individuals. And that is, mm. and, ha- and how's that been going? Um, it's been really enjoyable. You know, one of the things recently as well, I've made a pivot on is, you know, is is going back into my self-sabotage and behavioral coaching and helping people rise up. And one thing I'm noticing right now, my engagement is down. Well, I'm also shadow banned, so that doesn't help. Um, that just happened. (laughs) I, I, I put a, uh, I put a little summary together of that movie, uh, died suddenly. And, uh, I, I thought I was really, uh, smart with it and I bleeped out everything and, and made it re- where they couldn't find it, but they ended up finding it. Um, some people probably, you know, sent it to them or, or whatever. So I did, I did get shadow banned. Um, so that's not helping, but even before that, my engagement as I made this shift has dropped 
drastically in that shift was, <clears throat> excuse me, going from um, being that individual, you know, shouting out loud about all the bullshit, um, just another person, because we have so many of them pointing out the problem um, and, you know, doing the community leading, um, shouting from the rooftops, hey, F you, you can take a stand. This is bullshit. Stand up. Um, then to the Ottawa Freedom Convoy doing the same thing, right? I, I gained a, uh, a substantial extra following off of just that. And so people were looking to me to, to point at the problem, right? More pointing at the problem. And now I've shifted to point at the solutions. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are, are stuck in that victim mindset and don't want to see solutions. You know, their conscious mind, at least, they're, they're not. Um, and and it's, it's funny that I got stuck in for that for so long, actually, because another thing, you know, anytime I've, I've spoke, I always speak on the 90-10 rule. And what the 90-10 rule for me is, you know, 10% of our time and energy should be focused on problems. Um, only 10%, you know, identify the problem and now take 90% of your time and energy focusing on the solutions. Most of us get that backwards. And here I was getting that backwards for a little mm-hmm. while. Mind you, I still was taking the actions for solutions. Um, but when we, you know, just focus on the problem 90% of the time, we're manifesting more of that. We're, we're giving it energy. We're building it. We're growing it. We need to be focusing on the solutions. And for me, one of the biggest solutions is helping people get past the low vibrational traps this world has to offer, you know, addictions, um, the brainwashing with the, the TV and the negative content they're consuming, um, you know, toxic relationships and, and added with that is, is reviving masculinity, femininity and healthy relationships, right? Finding that balance again, getting into that balance and grounded and having people rise up where they can really help each other and, and raise to a consciousness and vibration that is of love and able to express yourself and share yourself. And, you know, for me a year ago, you know, speaking on love like that, I would laugh at myself, right? I, I was this, you know, there, there was a, a toxic part to me that was conditioned from what I thought men should be, you know, just a stone, um, just this, just nothing but a, a, a physical warrior. And absolutely, you should be a warrior. Get yourself in shape, right? And that's one of the parts too as well, your health, you know, raising your vibration up with eating the proper food and getting the proper exercise. But knowing how to be balanced and grounded and open and able to receive what's being given to you and expressed to you and truly enjoy life too, not just getting stuck in, you know, being that ramrod going forward and, and, you know, blasting through everything and, and just letting everything go to the wayside. And, and, you know, it's, 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 it's a dark and lonely road. So that, that is, you know, a long, long winded answer to your question. It's, it's, I've seen the, the drop in engagement has been disappointing, um, but I'm okay with it. And I'm, you know, I'm like, all right, you know, that's all right. Even if I get 10% of the engagement, I know what I need to be doing right now. I need to help people rise up. I'm putting my effort back to my programs. You know, I have my online programs rolling out right now. I'm working on my book again. Um, so that's the answer. Even if it's, you know, getting way less engagement, you know, whatever. Fucking put your ego aside, which is one of the most important things. That thing only has a, you know, benefit the odd time, you know, setting boundaries and whatnot to protect your energy and yourself. Put it aside and do what you know is, is right for the collective. And, and help people rise up. We got enough people pointing at the problem, right? That's one of the one of the problems, I think. We got too many people pointing at the problem and just bitching about it all day. Everybody's getting stuck in the victim mindset and fear-based thinking, fear-based thinking. And when you're in a fear-based think mindset, you're you're stuck in your limbic system. You're passing your prefrontal cortex, your, your, your morality, your critical thinking. Is, everything's out the window. You're easily controlled. And that is what powers that be that want to control you know. Right, looking at hypnotherapy um, is something I'm studying and taking right now because it's already part of what I did before, and now I really want to dive deeper into it and understand it to help people re, um, you know, really brainwash. It should be called brainwashing, getting rid of all the bullshit, right? Washing that brain and then getting it rewired to really step into your own. Yeah, well, you you hit on something there that um, 
uh, I think makes a lot of sense. You know, if I go back to like H1N1, uh, back in what was that, 2010, 2011, something like that. If you put that out on, uh, well, here, I, I don't know, you're, you're sitting in the vehicle somewhere or you're, you're washing dishes or you're on the tractor, or you're, you're doing whatever, listen to this. Like, I don't remember a single thing about H1N1. And that was a big news story back then. I just don't. I just can't remember a single thing about it. And yet I do know people who got the vaccine. I do know people, blah, 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 blah. You get the point. Uh, and it went as big as it could because all of us didn't know about it is kind of, or talked about it or whatever. Right. And one of the hardest things about, uh, um, COVID is it took over everything. And so you couldn't run away. I mean, we all, I mean, just heard the story of you, uh, talking about biking, like in, in that being, you know, uh, and everybody has their story. Absolutely. Everybody has a story like that where it's just like, maybe not to the degree, but everybody has their moment where you're just like, this is strange. It infiltrated every tiniest of the tiny communities in Canada and probably the world. Um, and certainly different governments dealt with it in different ways. And we both know here in Canada, you sitting in Manitoba, me sitting on the, on the border of Alberta, Saskatchewan, uh, we got to witness what the, what the free West, you know, did, uh, supposedly either way. Uh, one of the things that, uh, got lost in the shuffle. It was, we focused, like you say, on the problems, which we had to, I mean, geez, they were everywhere, but the solutions, uh, just kind of got swept under the rug or not talked about enough. Or I, I actually, I, I, I don't even know, but that's where I come back to this, this whiteboard idea with bringing different backgrounds together. Like we just kept saying, like, why isn't the government exploring different options? Now there's a whole list of reasons why they didn't, but we wanted as well, can we, I think we can. All right, let's start it. So then that's what I did. Started bringing in different backgrounds and let's talk about it. And I fast forward to where I, my brain's at right now. It's like, how do you create a strong community? Like, I mean, there, there's, there's, there's no one right answer uh, at all. I don't think. I think there's a lot of things that can be built together to do that. But if I'm looking at it, I go, you have to solve the root of the problem. And the root of the problem is, and I don't know the answer to this. I have a hypothesis. That's it. I can't sit there and act like I, I know everything. I don't. But I look at it and I go, the best thing for Sean five years ago, almost to the day, was working on myself. And that was I needed to be a better husband and a better father. And I'm not saying I was a horrendous human being five years ago, but I probably drank too much, if I'm being honest. And I probably took my wife for granted, if I'm being completely frank, right? And over the course of five years, I hope I'm better at that. I think I am. I've put a lot of work into it, but the work never stops. And then what did that do? That led into Sean doing a podcast, which was because that's the group that helped me put this together. And the podcast led into um, interviewing a whole bunch of things that helped, you know, uh, a lot of people. And I, I don't even like taking any credit for that. All I did was helping Sean. I was just trying to figure out thoughts in my brain, you know, and interview different people that made sense. And it's led that road. And I'm like, imagine if, and I can't speak for women, I can only speak for, for husbands and fathers. Imagine if we all met weekly in a group of four or five individuals across Canada or just all shrink it to Lloyd Minster how much better a community would have been through one of the toughest times? And I go night and day. It's absolutely night and day. 
Absolutely. So here I sit on this side, Sean, going, I, 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 I really like what you're talking about. And I go, I wonder how we, and maybe this is the way, this, is, this conversation is just another little thing in the bubble process of, of trying to foster out an idea of men should be in a group of whatever the number is. I haven't figured that out. I, I love that you're doing big. I, I love that I got a friend who's been doing it for 10 years with a group of four. I'm like, somewhere you need to find a group of men where you can trust to tell them anything, that they have their best, your best interest at heart uh, so that you can be, in my opinion, a better husband, a better father, which translates into a better community member, essentially. And then your community, everybody benefits, I think. Oh, absolutely would, yeah. I would suggest, you know, what I've done is, so Monday nights I have the men's group, right? We meet for two hours. It's uh, 90 minutes is the whole the whole practice of it. Then we open it up for half an hour after if people want to hang out before, sure. I kick, before I kick them out of the house. And then on Tuesdays now I do a mastermind. Um, which is a very um, specific, you know, the men's group is open to everybody. So it's open to anybody. Um, I put it out on my social media so we could get it full of a group of people who are at right at rock bottom, right? So I followed it up with a Tuesday mastermind that is, you know, closed off. I only invite certain people um, to really focus on, you know, really leveling up. But both of them are focused on that. None is, is weighing any less, right? They both have their addition to it. And, you know, as you, as you talk on building community, um, one of the biggest things we need to do is just awareness and, and putting ourselves out there without the fear of judgment, without the fear of, of being hated. I can tell you, I, and I know I'm sure you have, uh, as you already, you know, led on to with your podcast, um, receive a lot of hate. I am um, in the very community that I started, you know, when I made, I had a huge shift transformation in my life. Um, geez, probably a year ago to today around here, um, or just maybe about 14 months ago, let's say where I, I, I had a, a message come from God, showed me, you know, we're all one. Um, and, and you need to, this is a little blip, a little just minute thing in the grander scheme of things. This life you'll see is, is so small, such a fraction. And you need to respect everybody's journey here and understand this is all part of a big cosmic play. And it's all, the, the dark needs to be there for the light. Uh, the, it's, it's all balanced perfectly. Um, and, as, and as terrible as that is to accept, as hard as that is to accept for a lot of people when we look at, you know, the real dark fucking shit happening to children and everything, you know, rape, all this different stuff. It, but this message came very clear and I, I released a lot that I was holding on to. A lot of pain, a lot of anger. And you could see the transformation in my, in my, in my messaging. I went from just barking at people you know, and tough love has its place. Don't get me wrong. It Certainly. does. Um, but I really, you know, I let go. And I was like, hey, if that's what people want to choose to do, that's fine. I'm still going to do what I need to do, though, to try to direct us the right way and help our children specifically. And I got a lot of hate for that. Um, that tore the community apart, actually. A couple individuals really didn't like that. Um, and especially as that built, you know, I went to, when I went to the Ottawa Freedom Convoy, um, the frontline nurses uh, reached out to me that I've, you know, we've connected quite a few times. We did a whole uh, event here in Winnipeg for them when they were traveling across Canada. They said, hey, Sean, we got a, we got a bunch of roses um, that we want to give out to the officers on the street that have been helping us. Um, would you, we can't think of anybody better than to have you do it. Because, you know, the whole thing with Ottawa, for anybody who's listening, you know, a lot of people think it was a failure. A lot of people think it was wrong the way what we did. But I truly believe, and I felt this right when we got there, I knew it was going to get pushed out with riot police. Now I did try to, I, I was hoping that I could try to get people to sit down and just single Canada repeatedly when that happened. 
Um, I didn't, wasn't able to get that, but I knew what we were there to do is to stand in peaceful noncompliance and use the power of our, our devices, social media, to show that many more people across the world the lies the government are saying. And it didn't wake up everybody, but it woke up a lot of people. You, oh, look yeah. at the Netherlands. you look at the Netherlands, they were flying our flag in their protests, right? Like Canada became a staple, uh, a signal, a symbol of freedom across the world. And we, like, could have been a lot better for sure. We wish it stopped everything, but it had its place. It had its purpose, right? And so when I went there, I was handing out these roses. They're like, Sean, no, no, no better person to get Sean, the burly bearded guy, you know, that used to be barking really loud and telling the cops to go fuck themselves over his fence, right, as he, was, as he kept on partying and doing his stuff to hand out these roses. And that ticked a lot of people off, man. Um, Sean, like, it, and that was something I wasn't prepared for, actually. That, um, ticked pe- that ticked people off that followed you, that you were being nice to cops? Yeah, it, it ticked a lot of people off in the community, specifically. Now, I'm used to, um, you know, uh, ridicule and, and judgment and, you know, negative criticism on social media from, you know, when I first started on social media, it started with my, my positive parenting. Um, I had memes of my daughter and I that went viral and, you know, promoted positive parenting. There was things I was doing that, you know, people just hated on. I was used to that. I was okay with that. Um, and, you know, really knowing who you are is a big key point to that, right? And integrity. Um, but when it came from the community right here in Winnipeg, um, seeing the community break apart, even though I knew I, where I stood was right and what I was doing was right. And sure, I made some mistakes along the way in building the community. You know, we had some issues we had to deal with with a few individuals and I didn't handle it with, uh, you know, uh, uh, as much finesse for lack of better words as I should have, you know, as, as gentle maybe as I should have, which, you know, caused some divide and stuff, but that's going to happen. I'm human, but this was a big one, which really pulled people apart. And it was a couple individuals that, you know, saw opportunity that they didn't like me, saw an opportunity to to spit hate and create divide. And that's exactly what happened. You know, and it was, it bothered me big time because I was like, you know, I put so much out there. You put everything off to the side. I made this deal. You know, you can listen to my podcast about it with all my business and everything. Put it all off to the side. My whole human, my whole home is a community center. I got rid of all my furniture upstairs. It's one big, long table, um, you know, folding, foldable chairs all there. We host dinners. Like the whole place, the yard got fucking ruined, right? You talked about the garden. It went from all that, that one summer we did all the parties and everything. Then this, this most recent summer, I transitioned it into a garden, a yarden. I was like, all right, you know, gyms are back open. People are going back to support the people who didn't support them. Fine. That's their journey. That's their choice. Let's create a garden. Let's help people, especially the children and families who are still here in this community strong for the right reasons. Let's help them, you know, be more um, self-sustainable, learn how to grow their own food and give them access to this. So we started a garden, which has transitioned now to the rink as it doubles as a skating rink in winter wonderland. And, you know, there's those people that really pulled out and it did bother me. But when I look at it, I see, you know, again, everybody's got their own journey. And, and what, with what I did, a lot of the people just came for the party. A lot of people had their bars and favorite nightclubs and all that shut down where they couldn't go out and socialize. And they just wanted to go out and socialize and party, right? And w- as you're talking about that and community building and looking at me with, you know, respect to that, it, it, it hit a sore spot on that, on seeing the community fall. But there is still such a strong presence for those who were there for the right reasons. It's tip mostly parents. Um, so there is still a great community together. Um, but yeah, most definitely, you know, when you make those pivots and you come, you know, I did a whole podcast with my man, co-host Terry Anthony on love being the answer and also being the test. It truly is. And I know that probably sounds really corny to a lot of people, but it truly fucking is. Can you love, you know, and that's where I, you know, believe whether you believe in the the physical stories or not, 
Um, I think regardless the, the the story of Jesus Christ, it paved the way that we need to follow. And that is the answer. And that's why, you know, I, I say I do take Jesus Christ as my Savior, even though I think outside, you know, typical Christianity with what we see, at least around where I am, um, there's other people I see in the world that does line up perfectly with what they think Christianity is. But I take Jesus Christ as my Savior because he taught me unconditional forgiveness. And that saved me. Letting go and forgiving unconditionally, not saying it's okay, but forgiving respecting the journey and understanding where I'm at, where other people are at and doing what I know needs to be done. And what needs to be done is, is raising up, right. And loving and forgiving, understand we're here. This is a human experience. So that, that path is, uh, you know, well, the story of Jesus Christ, right. If you know it, he got, uh, it wasn't easy for him, right. (laughs) It went down a pretty dark place, a lot of hate and it uh, ended up with him nailed on a cross. Right. So that's, uh, yeah, in a, in a nutshell, it's been a it's been a journey, but it's beautiful to see the community together. Still, the strong community members who are here for the right reasons—they're thinking about the kids. They really are. And and there's uh, and there's other people who were thinking about the kids that have left, but they just have so much anger inside. And when you hold that anger, it it, it makes you acidic. It's like acid to the body. You're acidic, and it is just festering like a cancerous tumor building up, and it is not serving you. And you're going to project that on other people. You know, <clears throat> um. This is the second time this week the word forgiveness has come up. We had a discussion about it on the first podcast of the new year. And I've, I, I, you know, I'll, I should stop saying this little story, except it, uh, Sean's a new guest, so I'll, I'll explain it all over again. I, uh, I'm a sports guy. And in sports, they tell you you're not supposed to talk. You know, lots of sports, I shouldn't say they tell you, but sports uh, talk radios talk about two things they say they'll never talk about. One is politics, and the second is religion. And you've uh, you've you've brought it up multiple times, and I haven't been avoiding it. I've been kind of waiting to get through my head what I wanted to talk about. But you keep bringing it up, and I'm like, well, we got to talk about it here for a few minutes. And that that is uh, this journey you've had um, to where you call Jesus your your savior. I'm I'm curious, you know, when did that happen? Um, you sound like a, a man that is has found. A lot of meaning in life uh, through your spiritual journey. I hope I'm saying that right, but hasn't found it by maybe going to the church. And I find that interesting. I I, I really do. Um, if you care to elaborate. Oh, absolutely. And uh, for anybody listening who wants to hear more, um, I have a two-hour podcast uh, specifically on this. Uh, no shit. Have, what what episode is that, uh, Sean? Episode number, episode number three, I believe where I dive in full detail on my entire spiritual journey. <clears throat> and uh, and it's not liked you, by many. And sorry, and and uh, what uh, what epi- um, what's the podcast called? Uh, the Viking's Voice. Okay. I, I, I know your podcast, but in saying that, uh, I haven't listened to that episode, and there will be a bunch of people that... Uh, you, it's funny, you, the spiritual thing, some people roll their eyes, turn this off, whatever, and that's fine. But I've also had people that are at the same point as a lot that are just like, I don't understand. And I would like to hear somebody else's thoughts on how they uh, came to their conclusions and everything else. Anyways, carry on. Absolutely. Well, you know, I don't even think it was two years ago. It was two years ago. I didn't believe in God. Um, now, my my thought <laughs> deep down was, yeah, there's, there's something more to this world, but I'm too busy trying to fucking, you know, live this life that society has convinced me that I want, um, and I'm not giving it any time to even look into and one of the bigger reasons for that too was, you know, how, <clears throat> excuse me, 
people typically, um, at least in, in the Western civilization here, people are with religion, you know, saying it's this way. Um, and so judgmental and it's, it's exactly this way. And, you know, it's just, it, it was just too much for me. It pushed me off, which I know it pushes a lot of people off. And I think that's done by design um, with it, with the church. Um, and I'm not saying everybody in the church is doing that, but by design, but I think we, if we draw back to whatever, however many decades ago that was, there was something, you know, changed in there to really, um, steer people away and and put people in a fear-based mindset because when I look at a lot of beliefs with religion it's fear-based mindset and for me my which I'll unpack my relationship with God now is it's all about resting in your faith there's not supposed to be any fear that's really what the test of faith is can you have full faith without fear right uh, to me faith before meant do you believe in God it's fucking far from that now I can't there's no denying that God is real for me source creator spirit whatever you want to call it and again if that if that bothers you if that triggers you when I just said that that's a fear-based mindset. There's something wrong with that, right? And so for me, I remember actually <clears throat> a woman I used to work with uh, over over in the stateside um, with a company I used to be involved with reached out to me one day, just a, a beautiful woman, um, you know, like mother hen, wanted to just see how I was doing. And she reached out and, and she's like, you know, Sean, I just want to cut to the chase. Like God came to me in a dream last night and told me I need to reach out to you, told me that you need me told me that you need something from me. <clears throat> and my instant reaction is like, oh, okay, yeah, this woman's crazy, um, right? Like, that's where I was with my belief. And, you know, we dived into some stuff, and there actually was something she was able to help me with. Um, I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And then the next day, I went on a um, psychedelic journey. So I would utilize um, psilocybin specifically, magical mushrooms, about once a month. I would go on a, on a journey to the park, uh, just by myself, um, or just in, in the, in the woods. And I use this, um, this medicine, which is called, you can call it a drug or a medicine, whatever you prefer. I definitely call it a medicine. Um, anybody who's experienced it to the full depth degree, not just partying when they're young, but to, you know, on a, when they're at a, a higher level of consciousness and vibration, they understand it is a medicine. It can do a lot of healing. Um, look at the studies with it. Anybody that's getting turned off right now, please do look at the studies with it. It's, uh, it's wild. You know, people are doing 10 years of trauma therapy in one single uh, session over, you know, four hour period or completely eradicating addictions over one four hour period that they've battled with for, you know, 10, 20, 30 years years. Um, so I would utilize this medicine to help ground myself, help bring myself back down, um, get past my ego because it really dissolves the ego in the experience. There's a beautiful thing. And this one time that day, um, before I went on this journey, I, I would offer a lot of free advice online. Um, as a coach, I had a lot of people come to me and I would, I was just happy to help people. And that started from, you know, working online, wanting to build rapport with people anyway. Um, so I would, I put myself out there and a lot of people come to me asking for advice, but not really ready to hear it. Um, they were just wanting to hear, you know, wanting to have something confirmed that it was somebody else's problem and not theirs. And when parents would come to me, I'd always look at them first. Well, let's assess you. And this one woman that came to me this day got really offended with that and, you know, started yelling at me, calling me a narcissistic fucking asshole, blah, blah, blah. And I, I, at this time didn't sugarcoat anything. Um, and I barely do now, but I'm, I'm a little more gentle on my approach from times, but I called her out. I put her on blast on social media. Um, you know, I just put, I just put her, her story, what her message on my story and said, this is not how you talk to people, especially people who are trying to help you. And, and she really took offense to that. 
anyway, you know, cut the story short. It, it, it had me thinking, you know, maybe I'm doing more damage than good. Maybe my, my, my abrasive approach, you know, my blunt approach is, is not really best. And maybe I should go back to my construction company and not be, you know, life coaching, we'll call it an easier term just to encompass everything. And it was through this journey shortly after that God came to me and very clearly shared a message with me that, no, you're right where you're supposed to be, son. Do not stop. I've given you the experiences you have, the voice that you have, the way you look outside the crowd for a reason to stand out. And you have a message to share that lines up with all the messages that I have my warriors of light, let's say, to share just in a different way. And it's going to speak not to everybody, but to a certain group that needs to be spoken to. And that's where you're at. So please continue going. And, you know, that's a short version of it. You can, like I said, unpack it all in that podcast. So that changed my life. Um, completely changed my life. I, there was no doubt about it. And he left me with names um, too. So a lot of people are like, oh, you're on fucking psychedelics, dude. Like you're just having a freaking trip, right? Um, he left me with names. And I called those people that night. He's like, contact these people. And I saved two, two individuals' lives that night that were about to, about to, you know, who knows if they're going to commit suicide or just they're at the most rock bottom ever. And it's weird. They're like, weird, you just came to my mind. And these are individuals I didn't talk to for, you know, t- over 10 years. Um. And then about six months down the road, you know, I'll I'll unpack the Jesus part and uh, we can leave it at that. Um, Or you can ask me anything. I'm an open book on this. So (laughs) six months down the road, I had another journey again with psychedelics. And I will say, I want to, I want to point that out as anybody's listening, if you still haven't shut it off, when if you're getting irritated or triggered by, you know, the use of psychedelics and the relationship to God with that, um, I have now hit a point where I don't need to use psychedelics to make that connection at all. Um, and, and I, I still do sometimes to, to a greater extent, but I don't need it. Um, and I've gotten that message very clearly. Um, and there is some interesting texts actually, if you look at, you know, some where they talk about the, what is it? The manna or mama or whatever, where they actually think maybe, uh, the stuff Jesus was putting in the water to make a wine is actually, um, m- mushrooms, like a psychedelic, um, you know, and that's probably just pissed off so many of your listeners right now on the, on the Christian side, but, um, there is some interesting theories on that. Um, and I, 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 I enter things with an open mind, so I don't uh, let my ego get so inflated that I think I know everything and that uh, what I read in a book is absolutely truth or anything like that. I, I, I let God show me. And, and one of the beautiful things about um, this journey is, is I'll get to that. You know, one of my pastors, uh, a good friend of mine that I, that I reached out to after the second experience, he came to me and he's like, you know what, Sean, you're saying some things I don't agree with. You know, he's a pastor. He's a, he's a prison chaplain, though. So he had the experience of, of respecting everybody's views in prison and said, you know, there's some things, and I'm only going to tell you this once. You're saying things I don't agree with, but that's between you and God. Okay? That's between you and God. And I'm going to, you know, along the way, um, that's what I call progressive revelation. And I think the best thing you can do is, you know, assess the fruit that you're creating in life. And if it's a good quality fruit that's benefiting people, then I think whatever, whatever you know, messages you're inter- interpreting from God is you're probably on the right track, right? Even if it even if it doesn't line up with what I believe or anything like that, God's going to show you what you need to be shown uh, when the time is right. And that is what really helped me step into. I wish a pastor would have said that to me when I was a kid. I think that's what everybody needs to hear. Um, so the second experience, uh, again, u- utilizing psychedelics on January first, I think was it last year or the year before? I can't remember now. Uh, a year or two ago. Um, I was again, spoken to very clearly. I asked, it was on my birthday. I asked to be sat with and to experience something like I experienced before, um, which was uh, lovely that I can never, um, even describe in words. Um, just such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I was brought, what I felt was the spirit of Jesus Christ, because I felt this 
just massive sacrifice this individual made, which connected the dots with the story of Jesus Christ for me. And it brought me down to my knees crying because here six months ago, I was shown that yes, I'm on the right path and to share my voice, get out there, help the people, help your brothers and sisters. And I was still letting my insecurities and ego get in the way for me creating the content that I could have been creating to help people because back up to those memes that I created when I said they didn't affect me, that was actually a bit of a lie. Actually, I wasn't being honest in my, in my, in my discussion there because it did, I didn't, I wasn't conscious of it at first for a while, but all the things that people picked apart about those images, like I remember one, my daughter and I were having a tea party and I put a white vignette around the image and people were like, why is his feet so ashy? Blah, 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 blah going on and just picking it apart. Right. So I allow that to bother me where I had insecurities and every image, every piece of content I created had to be perfect. Right. I had to get the perfect image and I would take so many and throw them out. It really fucked with me actually. So I wasn't creating content very much because it took so much time because I had this insecurity getting in the way. So I dropped down on my knees crying because I felt this sacrifice, this spirit that was with me had made. And here I was, couldn't even get past that little thing of me being worried about how I looked, getting the right angle. And I was holding back from a message that was shown to me by God to share. Like, how dare I? And I dropped down crying. And I gathered myself up and got my composure. And I remember leaning back on my bathroom wall. I had just taken a shower. I was still soaking wet. And I, I woke up. I was like, oh, shit. I'm going to leave a big wet mark on my wall. It was a brown wall. And I get off and I look and there, sure enough, it was, there's a big wet mark in the shape of these giant lips. And then we back up the last two months, my daughter and I, there's motivational artwork all over by Iconic in my, in my home. And we were looking at purchasing a pair of these lips that Iconic makes and putting it right in that spot in that bathroom. And so that was my message. Yes. Get that. Just like there's statues in, in, in history that were put up for memory. Get that to remember this day. And so I go, it's my birthday. I look on, Iconic just made one with butterflies all over the lips. They had all these ones with like money or gold dripping and they had butterflies. And so I bought that one, the butterfly effect, the transition, the growth. So, you know, and I could talk on this for forever. You know, we're, we're getting past the time. We got to jump off almost anyway. So, you know, ask me any questions off of that. Um, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Well, I don't, you know, I don't want to keep you here uh, all morning because we talked about, uh, you know, keeping time and, they, you know, I, I joke about is very important. Um, but if I got you for a few more minutes, Sean, I would just, uh, <clears throat> I would say, uh, I don't know, everybody's on their own spiritual journey, even if they are where they don't believe in God, right? I mean, you can be on any part of the, the spectrum where you're at with that. Whether you want to admit there's a spiritual world there, that's, that's, a, that's a stage two. And then there's the other side and there's everywhere in between, is what I would say. Uh, I've listened to Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson talk about it. Uh, actually, it was the, if people recall, uh, it was right along the time the convoy is going to Ottawa. Jordan Peterson goes on uh, Joe Rogan. And I was pissed at him because he didn't bring up, they didn't bring up the convoy. What, what they, if you go back to that episode and listen to it, what they talk about is uh, um, how you can induce. Uh, I can't remember if it's a spiritual experience or what the word they use is, but they list off a bunch of things. One is psychedelics. One is uh, meditation or praying. Uh, other is you can induce it by lack of sleep. Um, there's just a whole bunch of things. And, yep. and, Breath and, work is one of the biggest ones as well. Right. And so you go, um, 
yeah, you might piss off some people, but the, the lovely thing about my listeners, and this is what I do love about them, is they listen to everything. Even if it annoys them, the text line will light up because everybody has their opinion. Everybody has what worked for them. And I can just say this. Being in the church that I grew up in, I never ever got close to where I was having a spiritual experience. Maybe I was closed off to it. Maybe it just didn't work for me. I don't know, right? And I'll say this again. I don't think the psychedelic side of it has ever been where I get there. Um, but... I, I, the first time I ever did yoga, uh, my wife was pregnant with our first, I think. And, uh, so I just went to yoga classes. I'd never done it before. Um, I was probably a beginner yoga class. I can't remember. Anyways, uh, I got led through the first class with a group of like 50 people or 30 people, whatever it was. And she was in prenatal yoga. And at the end of it, I was like, oh my God, what was that? Like at the end, you know, where you, you calm down and you get, anyways, you, it's, it's beautiful. And since uh, something like that is another way that people can. And so uh, I'm, I'm kind of going all over the map here. I just, I, I think uh, when it comes to the listeners that are listening when you talk, yeah, you may, you may have challenged a bunch of them. Um, but it, I think that's good because there isn't just one way, I think, to interact with the big guy, universe, whatever you're going to call it, wherever you're at. Um, but acknowledging that there is something there is probably a first step for a lot of people, including mm -hmm. myself, because I think I was right where uh, a lot of people were two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was, where I just didn't put a lot of thought into it, like zero thought. I just moved along with my life and, you know, whatever will be, will be. And I had a good friend once upon a time, he tell, tell me something along the lines of, I'm like, ah, what do you think happens after that? He's like, well, I don't know, we're energy. When you die, that energy has to go somewhere. And I'm like, oh, that's an interesting thought. Didn't put any thought into it, you know. And I just sit here and I appreciate you sharing because it's it forces me to have to think about things all over again. And uh, those any conversation that forces that is a good conversation, in my opinion. And I, I think the listener would agree with that. So, uh, you know, that's my thoughts on it. I, I think it's really interesting to hear uh, another guy talk about how he got there, though. Uh, and and it's certainly really, well, thought-provoking. Mm, yeah, well, and it's it's a very common experience. Um, and, and most definitely, though, when I was a, a younger man and and you know utilizing the drug i would say at that time of of psychedelics i never had an experience as such because i wasn't open for it i wasn't ready for it i wasn't looking for it um, and i think deep down even though i wasn't conscious of it i was looking for that connection right and it healed so much and i think you know the biggest answer with that that i love that somebody actually one of the men in the group actually said this to me before uh in an open discussion with matt the individual who put it on <clears throat> he said you know because he's a very by the book bible um christian man he said, you know, a lot of the things you speak on, Sean, I don't agree with. And they bothered me, actually, in, in, in discussion with Matt here. He really challenged me. He said, well, let's look at the fruit that Sean's created. And is there any negative? Is there any poisonous fruit, right? Or is it is it bountiful, nutritious fruit that is truly helping people? And it is. And that is that fruit has come from my experiences. That's the direction I take. So um, I believe there's there's something right there for sure. You know, I just watched a documentary. I, I can't remember the name of it. I had uh, just an hour hour short film on Gaia um, with Deepak Chopra, um, that uh, Spanish woman from uh, Fast and the Furious there, um, and a few other uh, people went on a journey to, um, um, can't remember where, um, somewhere far, 
uh, to go on a psychedelic experience with ayahuasca and, and a couple of other uh, medicines. And it changed their life. And they and they did this whole analysis. They'd never done it. They just they looked into it and were really trying to, um, you know, um, interview as many people as they could and then finally went on. And it's like it changed their life. And one man um, was showing actually something he was holding from being sexually abused as a three-year-old that he never was conscious of. It was showing it and and went in, you know, whatever the astral realm, if you want to call it or whatever it is, and and spoke to his grandpa who, d- who did the act and, and forgave him and had him, you know, own up to it. And, and the next day, all his addictions were gone. And he always wondered for 30 years why he was such an addict. And then he started this whole foundation to help people um, w- with these ceremonies. And Deepak said something on that on that uh, on that documentary that I've said before, and I do agree with. Um, get if you got all the whole world together and gave them all five grams of psilocybin, I think we'd have a whole different world. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that's where we see the attack in what was it the '60s on LSD and all that, right? You couldn't get people to go to war who were uh, utilizing these these medicines, right? Um, even though they weren't doing it, maybe especially for spiritual, it was all party, but there's nothing but peace and love, right? So you couldn't get them to go to war, and that was a big issue. That's that's an interesting thought as well. You know, I'm going to be cognizant of your time because I've I've really enjoyed this, and I I feel like we could probably talk for three hours and 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 carry on. But I know you have a, a busy schedule and, and things like that. So what I'll say is we'll make sure because I've enjoyed this, Sean. I'll, I'll make sure that we we schedule something else. I I'm I'm uh, I I don't know why I have this stupid thought, and I don't know why I should sh- share it on air. But I'm like I almost want to take a road trip to a to a, a men's night in Winnipeg. Is that oh. such a silly thought? I'm like, oh, come on down. I, I kind of want to see how it's done in a different, uh, you know, um, it's it's something that I think is really important. I, I actually I know from personal experience how important it is. I guess is what I should say, and yet I want to make sure that, uh, you know, no different than stupid hockey analogy. You know, when they built Rogers Place here in Edmonton, you know, one of the Knoxes, one of the cool things they did is when toured. Uh, all these great stadiums to try and you know Rogers Place where the Oilers play where 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 they could facilitate the best possible experience, and you know fans today go in and it's a beautiful rink, but we're like, but you didn't like you left out so many good things that could have been in there or, or different things, and we always chuckle they 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 probably toured all the big arenas in the NHL, but they left out all the small communities that have beautiful really effective rinks design everything else. And so I guess where my brain is at is I'm like, man, I wonder if there's, I guess here, here's the challenge to the listener. If you're in a men's group uh, in Alberta, Saskatchewan, whatever, you should text me. Cause I'm like, I think I'd like to come experience that if, if you're willing to let me in, that is. Cause I, I totally understand the, 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 the bond that's created when you have small groups. Um, but, uh, but Winnipeg, uh, since it's an open group, you know, and, and you can, uh, you can just show up, you know, I'll surprise everybody one day and walk through the door and, and see how that goes. But uh, um, not to hold you here all all all, uh, all morning. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you doing this and being open about it because uh, it's it's been an interesting chat. And somewhere down the line, our paths shall cross again. I'm I'm quite positive of it. And uh, here's the final question then for you. Um, it's the Crude Master final question brought to you by uh, Crude Master Transport. And it's Heath and Tracy. They've been along for the ride. Uh, it's if you're going to stand behind a cause and stand behind it, absolutely. What's one thing Sean stands behind? Mm, freedom. Freedom. Freedom of everything. Freedom of your mind. Freedom of your body. Freedom of choice. Well, I appreciate you coming on and doing this. Uh, and I look forward, honestly, to the next time. We're going to have to uh, maybe do it in person. Maybe maybe there is a road trip in the future to Winnipeg where we can sit and chat and... and uh, 
Yeah, and, and and meet, shake hands. There's nothing better than uh, you know sharing a conversation in person with somebody. Uh, this is uh, is close to close to it, but it ain't the same thing. Either way, it's been an enjoyable uh, hour sitting and getting uh, to know another Sean who spells Sean folks the right way. <laughs> it's been a pleasure, Sean, and uh, most definitely the doors are open to you for a men's group. So come on down. <laughs>